Hello, welcome to the Lansing Area Church of Christ's weekly message podcast. If you'd like to learn more about LACC, please visit us online at lansingchurch.org. Today's message from Joel Nagel concludes the April sermon series and is called Believed Identity. All right, so this week I realized something that I believe that I didn't know that I believed. I'd never really thought about it. Here's what it is. I believe that Beth isn't going to murder me. I never really consciously thought about that. I know husbands right now, you're wondering, oh, wait. Um, but here's the thing. My actions prove that I've believed that ever since I've known her. Like, whenever she takes out a knife in the kitchen, I'm never nervous about that. I don't get like, oh, here, here it comes. Uh, I'm not looking over my shoulder all the time. I'll happily eat whatever she cooks me. I'm pretty sure she's not going to murder me, except today, my, she's like, you have one job. I have one job, which is to make sure there's coffee, and we ran out yesterday. I, thought, I realized it late at night. I've gone out and gotten coffee late at night just to be sure I fulfill my one job, but I didn't do it. Um, and so this whole morning, I'm like, I don't know if I should believe that anymore. Um, last week uh, on Easter, we learned that we are children of God. We are God's workmanship, super conquerors, Christ's ambassadors. But here's my question today. Do you believe it? Do you believe what God said about who you really are? And if that's really who you are, and if you really believe that that's who you are, then what does it look like day to day? to live in that identity, that you're God's, that he loves you. You know, maybe we think it'd be nice if there was like a series of steps that you could know, yes, this is who I am. Here are the steps that I have followed to become that. We want directions, even though we probably won't follow those directions. You know, do it this way, and you're guaranteed to have this outcome. Or maybe, you know, like a checklist. Wouldn't that be great? Like, here we go. I did this. I did this. I did this. Now I know who I am in Christ. But that's not how our ultimate identity in Jesus Christ is achieved. Our identity in Christ, it's not a formula. It's a journey. It's not about behaving as much as it's about becoming. And it's not as much about doing as it is about discovering as we go through life with God. You know, that makes it a lot more difficult. Checklists are so much easier, right? But it also makes it totally worth it. All right, we're going to hang out in 2 Corinthians today. If you want to turn your Bibles there, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Just to give you a little context here, Paul sees the Corinthian church kind of slipping, being tempted into checklist Christianity. That's what we'll call it. The, the, I think the real word for it is legalism, where they just want to follow the do's and try not to do the don'ts, but there's not really any heart behind it. And so he reminds them about Moses and the Old Testament law and how the people of the Old Testament allowed their laws to become this legal system of do's and don'ts 
And that didn't really get them very far with God. So let's read here, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, starting verse 7. You can look on the screen or in your Bibles, on your phones, however you got the Word of God this morning. Here it comes. It says, Now if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone. What does that sound? That sounds like the Ten Commandments. That sounds like the Old Testament law. Paul calls it a ministry of death. Ouch. He says, if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? Talking about the New Testament, talking about the church, about Jesus. For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. All right, so there's a lot there. Uh, there's a lot we could talk about. There are, we could talk about covenants, the old covenant versus the new covenant. We could talk about ministries, the ministry of the law, the ministry of the spirit. We could talk about glory, transitory, non-lasting, impermanent glory versus the forever permanent lasting glory that we have now. But what I want to talk about here is two ways of believing in Jesus. Two ways of being Jesus' disciples, his followers. There's discipleship through legalistic works, and there's discipleship through a relationship to Jesus Christ. Which path are you on? This scripture talks about short-term glory and long-term glory. Um, I had an illustration in my sermon. I was cutting. I was like, I got to cut this out. It's not working. It was an illustration about my high school wrestling career. You don't care about my high school wrestling career. I barely care about it anymore. The glory, if there was any, has faded. Here's the thing. A checklist Christianity, a righteousness that's built on doing all the things, does have some glory. Even the Old Testament law, there was glory there. That's what Paul says. But it's not a lasting glory. In fact, it eventually brings death, just as the Old Covenant did. It brings death because it ends up being about what you are not instead of who you are. You're not praying enough, are you? You're not sharing your faith enough. You're not devoted enough. No matter how much you actually are doing those things, have you felt some of that recently? Is it ever going to be enough? You know, I wonder how many of us had to overcome that kind of thinking, that guilt, that shame, just to come here today. Like, oh man, I do not belong with those righteous people. And the person next to you thought the same thing. I want you to be free of that. I want you to focus on who you are instead of what you're not doing. Doesn't that sound better? All right, let's read on in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, right where we left off. 
Paul continues, since we have such a hope, what's that hope? That's that eternal glory, lasting glory in Jesus Christ. Because we have such a hope, this whole sermon series is called We Are Identity in Christ. So because we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who had put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For, this, for to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree to glory of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so when Moses came down from the mountain with God, talk about glory, his face was glowing, and people were freaking out, which is what you would do uh, if someone's face just started glowing. They, came, they parked on the top of a parking garage, we don't have mountains, and they came down from the parking garage, glowing face, you're like, you need to go to the doctor, and I'm scared of you. And so Moses puts a veil over his face, but what we learn here is that one of the other reasons for the veil was because that glory already was fading. And he didn't want Israel to see this wasn't going to last. It was going away. Uh, there's, a, you know, a Shark Week on Discovery Channel? Uh, there's a guy who's kind of in charge of all that, and there was an interview, and uh, he gives, you, gives some information about how to not be eaten by a shark, which I think that's good information. I like to stick to the Great Lakes. Don't need to worry about that. Uh, but if you're ever going to the ocean, listen to this. He says, you can't swim away immediately because then you're acting like prey. And they're like, oh, cool. That's something I'm going to eat. The best thing that I've found to do sounds counter counterintuitive, but you swim right at them. You always keep eye contact and you swim directly at the shark. And that seems to trigger a defense mechanism. Now they're like, wait a second, everything in the ocean swims away from me, aside from orcas, which are known to occasionally kill great white sharks. There's a fact for the day. The reality is, if you don't act like prey, they won't treat you like prey. You don't want to swim away while they're watching you. As they swim away, you swim away. And try to get back on the boat, open up a red bull, and say, oh, that was fun. <laughs> This, this guy's crazy, okay? Um, here's the thing. Shame and guilt-based Christianity is like the shark. It's always lurking. Like, you, do, you, do, you had an awesome week as a Christian, but then the next week's not so good, and you're like, oh, my gosh. The shark, it's back. It's circling. Satan wants you to flee. He wants you to be prey, his prey. He wants you on your heels, discouraged, trying your best, and yet feeling like a failure. Satan loves it. But in Christ, guess what? We can swim toward the shark. We are very bold. We don't have to cower in guilt and shame. We can be bold as we're transformed, and that's what it says at the end of that scripture. As we're, yeah, we haven't arrived yet. We got, we got some work to do. We got some growing, some change. That's what it's all about. You don't need to feel bad the whole way through. There's freedom. That's what this passage talks about. There's freedom to become 
instead of the oppression of just behaving. There's time. You have time. You know that? You have time to transform. Trusting in God that this is a journey that you're on, a journey of faith. I want to tell you guys something cool. You ready for this? I touched a porcupine. I touched a porcupine. Um, Pat and I, we went for a run uh, on this trail like two and a half, this is a couple months ago, two and a half hours away in the middle of nowhere. And I uh, got out of my van at the trailhead and I hear the air coming out of my tire. Like, you know it's a bad flat when you hear, I get back in the van. And we're in the middle of nowhere. There's ice everywhere. We go back to the nearest gas station. The lady's like super helpful because it's the middle of nowhere. And, and we have to get my tire changed, all this stuff. None of this stuff was in the plan at all. Uh, this is not what we had on the checklist for having an awesome run out in the woods. Uh, you're going to get a flat tire. You're going to have to like go to Misik. That's a place in Michigan, Misik. They have a mushroom festival in Misik, the Misik Mushroom Festival. How does anyone go to the Misik Mushroom? Yeah, how did it go for you? <laughs> it's good? Okay. Uh, like, that's just crazy. Uh, and so it turns into this whole thing. And I'll tell you, at the, in the moment, it didn't feel like, oh, this is a fun extra adventure we get to have. We get to check out a new little breakfast place because we're waiting for the tire. We got to get used tires. It, was, it wasn't an adventure. It didn't feel like that. Now I look back, and man, it's part of a cool story where we almost died on the trail, and I got to touch a porcupine on its tail. Um, it wasn't a part of the original plan, but it, it makes for an adventure. I'm not sure Pat's there yet with all this. Um, it's not ultimately about what we do or don't do. It's about who you're connected to and what that connection is causing you to become. It's about transformation. What is your connection to Jesus causing you to become? I'm going to ask that question again. I really want you to think about that this week. What is your connection to Jesus causing you to become? Who is he changing you into? When you know the answer to that, even on your worst week, you can swim toward guilt and shame. You can touch the porcupine. You can face the unknown, the scary, the difficult in ways that the world wouldn't understand. Like, what? how are you happy right now? You haven't arrived yet, and that's okay. You're on a journey of transformation, and it's going to be awesome and glorious and treacherous and bumpy. But you got Jesus with you, amen? All right, I want to end this sermon and this series, Identity in Christ, by telling you two ways that you can know if you're on the right track, okay? And so we're going to make a checklist. No, I'm just kidding. Wouldn't that be funny if we did, if we did a checklist? Um, that's what we want, though, right? Like today I did my devotional, check. I passed out an invitation card, bonus check. I was a patient driver. I didn't lust. I'm a great Christian. But what happens tomorrow when you wake up late? You don't have that devotional time. You get cut off on the road. You're angry. Some of us think, I'm a failure. I need to get baptized again. What, what happened? You had a bad day. <laughs> so how can you know if you're on the right track? Not a to-do list. I'm not going to give you a to-do list, and Paul's not either. 
what we're going to talk about here, we're not going to talk about obligations. We're going to talk about outcomes. You know the difference there? Obligation is something you have to do. An outcome is something that happens because of who you are. All right, so we're going to skip over. This, this feels bad. We're going to skip over um, 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through uh, 12, which is maybe one of the greatest passages in the whole Bible. So I encourage you, read that on your own this week. It feels like I feel almost, it's almost immoral to skip those verses. Uh, so please give that a read. It's amazing. But we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. How do we know if we're living in our believed identity? It says this, Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed, and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. I believed, and so I spoke. You know, there are certain behaviors that go hand in hand. Here's an example. Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, The wicked flee when no one pursues. The wicked flee when no one pursues. This is so true. Uh, I can remember so many times where I've walked downstairs and I say, Hi, Amelia, and she says nothing. <laughs> nothing is not a response to hello. <laughs> nothing tells me something is happening that shouldn't be happening, right? But the wicked flee when no one pursues. Uh, she's probably building a worm farm in a casserole dish, and she didn't ask about it. She actually is doing that. <laughs> that's, that's what's happening. Um, guilty people just act guilty, even when no one's accusing them, right? That's just human nature. Proverbs nails it. Here's Christian nature. I believed, and so I spoke. You believe who you are in Christ? You believe what the Bible says about who you are? You know what? You speak. One of the outcomes of our believed identity is that we will speak about Jesus Christ. You know, you can do cool challenges like, I'm going to share my faith with one person every day, or I'm going to pass out one invitation card this week. And you can make it a thing. That's awesome. But you don't have to make it a thing, because guess what? If you believe, you will speak. It's just what we do. And so, here's the convicting part. If you are struggling to share your faith, it's been a while since you've invited somebody or the word Jesus has come out of your mouth in a non-church setting. Maybe you should be a little concerned about your faith. But here's what you shouldn't do. Don't chalk it up. I'm a bad Christian. I'm going to share my faith this way. I'm going to do the thing. No, no, no. The mature thing is to use that as, a, as an indicator to say, okay, so what's really going on with my faith? Let's, let's not just go do the things. Let's talk about why we aren't doing the things. Is there something going on? Is there, is there something between me and God right now that I haven't really examined? Is there something at church, a relationship that's funky? Like, I don't know if I can bring someone to church. If I'm not feeling good at church, and you're not working on that, 
what's going on? Is there a, is there a sin that's, that's keeping you from feeling the, the riches of God's glorious grace? I believed, and so I spoke. This should be something we all can declare, not a something that we need to perform. It's our very nature in Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's see one more outcome as we keep reading here. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. Paul goes on, he says, here's the next uh, outcome, ready? So we do not lose heart. We just, that, that's such an amazing sentence. We do not lose heart. Oh, but it goes on, it gets more amazing. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. There's those two different glories again. Brothers and sisters, we don't give up. I'm going to say that again. I want you guys to say amen afterwards. Brothers and sisters, we don't give up. Amen. We don't lose heart. It's not in our nature to quit. It's just, we just don't do it. Sure, the journey is long, and you have to wait through a lot of tough things. But you know what's harder and worse than waiting on the Lord? Wishing that you had. Um, so Pat and I, we talked about running already, get, get lots of uh, Joel and Pat running stories. Um, the, um, <laughs> we're going to do this race this fall. It's called the Margie Giesick. I don't even know how to say it. It's up in the UP. It's a 50-mile race, but it's actually 62 miles because after 50 miles, they just stopped counting or caring. Um, and, uh, and so here's the results from 2019. This was a good year. Um, you'll see that, less, that, that more people didn't finish who started the race than people who did finish. And that, for some reason, is the appeal uh, for us on this race, which is really dumb. Um, but this is what the race does. When you don't finish, they don't call it a do not finish or a good try or better luck next year. They call you a quitter. That's the official thing is hashtag quitter in all capital letters. Ouch, right? Let me show you something really, you guys want to be inspired right now? Look at this. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Rob ran the Boston Marathon. He killed it. He feels like, oh, he's like, I could have done better. Um, none of us could have done better. Um, he did amazing. Look at, how, look at that joy. Look at that. He's so happy. And, and we're so proud of you, Rob. We're, we're so happy for you. That's a glorious thing. Uh, there's this thing, I don't know if you've heard of this, called type 2 fun. Have you heard of this? Type 2 fun is a way of describing something that is not fun in the moment at all. But then when you look back on it, you're like, yeah, that was fun. Um, the, the only reward is looking back and seeing that it was fun. Um, now, it sounds like Paul was having some type 2 fun here <laughs> as, he, as he talks about not giving up and the afflictions and everything. And a lot, of, a lot of our walk with God is that sometimes, but there's also so much fun and so much good. It's so much better. 
this journey, even in the hard times. Christians aren't quitters. We don't give up. You can't really put perseverance on a checklist, you know that? But it's the most important part of being a Christian, of who you are, enduring, sticking it out. That's who we are because of Jesus Christ. And we'll look back and we will see that it's all worth it. Paul says, the eternal weight of glory. Can you imagine how heavy the eternal weight of glory is? That's what's waiting across that finish line. So we stick it through, we, we stick in there through tough relationship challenges. We persevere through sin, through addiction. We ride the waves of hardship that come with this life, but we never quit. So you know what? If you want, you can track your quiet times. Checklist that thing. Church attendance. Top dog, we give an attendance award. We could do it. And those are awesome things. I'm not saying don't do those things. They make the race a lot better. I'm not speaking against the things that we do. I'm speaking about why we do those things. And so go ahead and check them off. But the thing that matters the very most, I want on your worst day, when you can't check anything off, I didn't give up today. That's what matters. And some days, if you go to bed so disappointed in your performance, I hope that you can remember this and be proud that at least you're not a quitter. It will not say hashtag quitter in capital letters next to your name in the book of life. God's got you on track for a glory that outweighs everything. Here's an exercise that I want you guys to do this week. You can write this down, take a picture of the screen, whatever you want to do. But please think these things through. I want you to map out your journey with God by asking yourself these three questions. Talk about it with your spouse, if you're married, your roommates, family, your friends. First, ask yourself this. If I go backward to my old life, who will I become? And I hope you're like, oh, I don't want want to do that. The next question I want you to ask. If I stay the way that I am right now and I don't grow, who will I become? It's a pretty easy answer. And then I want you to really dream about this last one. If I stick with God, who will I become? And it's, that's so amazing. I hope that, that that just gets you so excited. But you know that sticking with God and becoming that is a journey. But it's so worth it if our eyes are on that prize. Amen? You know, sometimes we get lost in all the craziness of life. And even in church, we get focused on the wrong things, like just trying to do the right things and inevitably failing and feeling like a failure, instead of focusing on becoming the right person and being connected to Jesus. If you answer these three questions, I think your spiritual GPS, whatever that is, it'll be recalibrated. You'll see a vision of this believed identity that Jesus has in mind for you. When you know who you are, when you know who you're becoming, the road to eternal glory is a lot easier to travel. Amen? 
You know, I grew up close to this little church that had, in front of it, there was a cross turned over on its side. You ever seen a church like that? Turned over, when I was a kid, I did not understand it. I was like, why is that cross sideways? It's supposed to be up and down, right? Like, are they dissing on Jesus? Is that like a a Satan church? Like, they're just, uh, did they not have a level? Did it fall over like there was a storm and then, then just nobody wanted to pick it up? What's going on? But now I understand. And I, and I actually am trying to go beyond understanding it and actually believe it. You see, this is our identity. When God looks at you, he sees the cross of Jesus Christ. Up, Jesus on that cross. He sees perfection. Tom, Tom and Katie did a great job of sharing about that during communion. So Jesus, God sees that. But here's what that looks like for us. We got to turn it on its side and carry it, just like Jesus did to Golgotha, just like Jesus called us to do as disciples. The journey for us of becoming who we already are in Jesus Christ is made with a cross on our backs. We've been made perfect, and we're on a journey toward perfection. That's our identity in Christ, and you better believe it. Amen? Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Lansing Area Church of Christ. While we're happy to share this message via podcast, we'd love to pray and worship with you in person. To learn more about our services or to connect with us, please visit us at lansingchurch.org. Have a great week and go with God. Thank you.